Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio contains incentives to make it more affordable to buy an electric vehicle, up to a $12,500 discount in effect for families thinking about getting an EV. Uh, Families that once they own that electric vehicle will never have to worry about gas prices again. The people who stand to benefit most from owning an EV are often rural residents uh, who have the longest distances to drive. They, they burn the most gas. And underserved urban residents in areas where uh, uh, they're, uh, they're high gas prices and they're lower income. So they would... I, I don't know about you, but I know that passing through lower-income areas, I see a lot of $70,000 EVs sitting in driveways, don't Lots you? Lots of Teslas. It's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all over the place. But that would make the most sense. Like, if you live on a farm in the middle of nowhere, you, of course, would should have an electric car because you travel long distances with no place to charge them. Wait a minute. Maybe that's not the smartest advice I've ever heard. But it is coming from Pothole Pete, our transportation secretary, so it must be right. All right, the whole EV debate, uh, you know where I stand on it, but how would you feel if you were a landlord being told by your local city that you had to install an EV charger for your tenant because they did go buy an EV? They've tried that around here. Can I just tell you that? We have Avery Frank on the phone right now, and uh, great to get Avery on here, policy analyst with the Show Me Institute. Avery, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you know, I feel truly blessed and honored to be on today. Well, it's good to have you here. I, you know, what what is what about House Bill fifteen eleven? Is that is that the uh, the savior bill here that's supposed to protect landlords from nonsense like that? Yeah, so right now, no, it's crazy to even say that. So St. Louis City and St. Louis County, a few other municipalities in the area, they have these electric vehicle charging mandates that. Anytime you have new construction or make a major innovation, that the businesses have to install, maintain, and operate a certain amount of electric vehicle chargers and pay for them with their own money. It's like, how do they get away with that? And what this bill would do is it wouldn't stop those mandates from happening in the first place, but it would at least make the government have to pay for the forcibly created electric vehicle chargers. Oh, good. So they could mandate that that the business installed them. Like I saw one one thing they did in St. Louis County. They said, for example, if you're a business and you repave your your parking lot, then that triggers the fact that you have to install electric uh, chargers in it. And I think they did away with that. I don't think that ever became law, but uh, that's a good example of it, right? In, in this case, the government would have to pay that cost. Yes, they would have to pay that cost. And there was a big battle when they first passed this bill. Originally, there was no exclusions for, like, it was all businesses. 
But as you can rightfully, you know, imagine, everyone was like, "No, I'm, I'm, I got ten parking spots. I've never had an EV pull in here. I'm like, a, I'm not going to install these five thousand dollar charging stations when we're probably going to have to even replace them later because they're not very good right now." Avery, this is Kim. I would imagine that some of these businesses or landlords have already had to do follow this ridiculous mandate. I mean, what about those people who have already done this or they're in the process of doing it? Do they get reimbursement, do we know, from the government if this bill would or pass? You know, I don't know if it says that in the bill, but I think, you know, they definitely should. because. But it would be hard to prove whether you did it on your own dime or if the government forced you to. And that's, you know, that's part of the big issue, though, is that people as the EV market, if if it grows, that they will make the economic decision to install these, to, intract, to attract consumers, to attract tenants. But the government putting its hand in this, trying to manipulate a market it shouldn't, that's growing on its own, they, sh- they just have no place doing this. Yeah, my assumption is the government didn't force people to put in gasoline stations when, when <laughs> internal combustion engines came about all those years ago. <laughs> They were put in because people saw an opportunity to provide a service and make a profit. Um, EV chargers are a different beast. But what I love about your article here uh, that you posted up on the Show Me Institute website is the question about whether or not this is even the future. The assumption on the left is we're going to be all electric in a few years. You might as well just get on board. And your point is that that is not a foregone conclusion. No, it's really not. For one you know, just looking at the current state of the electric vehicle, you know, these batteries, they weigh like 2,000 pounds and they have like 138 pounds of lithium. It's like with all this like geopolitical battles, like are we going to even be able to make a fleet with all those materials? Like electric vehicles are only 1% of cars on the road. How much lithium are we going to have to use if they ever got up to 50%? Like we're going to have to figure out that problem. And I mean, electric vehicles have a number of other problems. You know, you think wow, why are all these electric vehicles in California? They're in California because it's warm. You know, electric vehicles, they have to generate heat for your heater when it's negative two degrees in St. Louis from their own battery power, which greatly reduces, you know, your range and your battery life. And that's a big issue that they have. It's like these electric vehicles, they're banking on this electric vehicle of the present being the car of the future. And that's just, it's not a safe bet. And it's really wasteful to use taxpayer funds to pay for these things so so i mean speculating here what's what's the option uh uh, i mean just uh, hydrogen i mean what what are we looking at here that that might because the left is not going to give up on this if it's if it's not evs they're they're going to have to hook their bus to something else so hydrogen fuel cell cars are no they there's some talk that it could maybe do better but i think also no, I think I do think electric vehicles probably their batteries are probably going to get better, and their chargers are probably going to get better. It's like a level two charger right now takes about four to ten hours to charge your car from zero to eighty percent, which is like horrible. No wow. one wants to use one of those. I mean, no. we and, we saw what happened yeah. in Chicago. Remember when it was brutally cold a few weeks ago, and all the Teslas were not really charging. <laughs> so, so what, what would seeing something like that? What would make you want to get one? I, wasn't it Mark Ford or something was stopping production of if its EV truck? Yeah, they were cutting back, cutting on, the, back. on the F one fifty EV, right? I, I haven't seen a lot about that, but that wouldn't surprise me because it just there's a lot of issues that surround these EVs. You know, there there's some good benefits, but they're the market needs to figure out some issues that they have, and the government shouldn't be trying to push not a good product on us. 
no, they they shouldn't. And to to your point here, you you cited a survey in here that pointed out that only four percent of EV users report using one of those level two chargers, which takes, like you said, up to ten hours to charge the car. I mean, imagine having if if every every stop at the at the gas station <laughs> took you three hours. You, yeah, I you know. couldn't get anywhere. And also think about just charging hab like refueling habits of yeah. citizens. So about I looked at a survey, about sixty percent, including myself, if I was in this survey, of people refill their tank when it's low and it's convenient for them. So it's like, oh, I'm low on gas and I'm on my way home, so I'll get my gas. And I don't see how they think, you know, that's going to ch- those habits are going to change with the electric vehicle charger. The most convenient place for you to charge it is in your house. You don't need to stop on your errands and do everything, go out of the way to ch- stop at an electric vehicle charger. People don't want to do that. And I think that, sh- that shows when 67% of people have rarely or never used an elect- public electric vehicle charger. It's like it's not necessary. They don't want to use them. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, you can't. You can't fill it up just when it's convenient because you only recharge it when it's low, right, or lower. Mm-hmm. There's not that capacity uh, in there to do that. So uh, great point. Avery, uh, thank you for your time this morning, and I'll uh, direct people to uh, showmeinstitute.org <laughs> to read more on your uh, your thoughts there. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You bet. Avery Frank, a policy analyst with the Show Me Institute. You never know when there's going to be an emergency, and you hope that your tank is filled up enough that you wouldn't have to stop before. You maybe had to go to the hospital. But think if you had an EV, and you're like, first of all, let me find a charging station at the Walmart or wherever, and let me spend three hours charging it. I guess you'd call 911 at that point. Huh? Well, I hope so. I guess, uh, yeah. And hope that the police department had not gone woke and turned over to EVs. Well, you hope you're also not in the city of St. Louis because they're saying that the 911 operators are so, so short-staffed they're not picking up and they're just hanging up on you. Again? Well, it's been an ongoing problem. Yeah. I know they're hiring yeah. more, but it's still an issue to my knowledge. Wow. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.